Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So I woke up at 4 o'clock or 4.30 yesterday and grabbed my phone as I want to do because as you know, Steve, I'm kind of a night owl or morning person. I don't know which. Um, and I looked on the interweb there and it said that Urban Meyer had been fired. And I got to be honest with you, I was surprised. I was surprised. I mean, I we wrote the story about Josh Lambeau um, about back in August getting kicked by Urban Meyer. Um, he was very emphatic about the conversations they had. He had reported it contemporaneously to their legal department um, at that time, which you know made it, gave it further credibility. But this was the interesting thing about this is the last straw. Okay, in this long episode of failures for Urban Meyer, but in Jacksonville, the last straw was something that happened back in August that the team knew about. <laughs> so. You know, it makes you wonder if it ever made it as far as Shad Khan, right? Because this was reported to their legal counsel, and even though they didn't meet with Josh Lambeau, they were well aware of of these allegations. And, and yet, it's I think it was the steady drip, 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 right, of just one thing after the other, and the lack of mm-hmm. confidence in him that got him fired. Or, or maybe Shad knew about it but was just hoping to get through the season. Could be. You know, maybe be. maybe he had, maybe his mind was already made up, but I'm just trying to get through the season. We'll clean house or mm-hmm. do whatever we're going to do. You yeah. know, we're not making the playoffs. We're already eliminated. Let's just, you know, get through the last four games and then we'll make a change. I don't know if that's what happened. But, right. yeah, we had posted the podcast at midnight. On yeah, Wednesday it was like night. forty-five, forty-one minutes yep. later. Yep, like and something. I was uh, I was up, and all of a sudden the alert started coming through. I said, "Well, that escalated quickly." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean sometimes that's the way it happens, right? Urban Meyer, by the way, and this this started just so everybody knows how how the sausage is made here. I I talked to Josh Lambeau on Tuesday night. Got up early Wednesday morning, wrote the story based on on his you know recollections of the events. Contacted. Um, a couple other people, including his agent, contacted the Jaguars around 8.30 in the morning. Jaguars wanted some time on this. No problem. How about noon? Sounds good. Um, at noon, I get a call back from the Jaguars. We need more time. Here's a statement from our legal counsel. Herbs at practice. We need more time. Said, how about 4 o'clock? Okay, yeah, that's great. We can do 4. So he came out the practice field sometime around 2.30 or 3.00. And according to Daryl Bethel, who is now the interim head coach for the Jaguars, Herb just, that was it. He came off the practice field. They didn't see him again. And he didn't tell him where he was going or what his emergency was. Left the rest of the staff on their own to watch film, game plan, all of that stuff, right? And then, of course, he never came back. You know, we sort of, they never saw him again. And 
we know that uh, when the story was published, of course, there was a lot of reaction to it, most of it negative against Urban Meyer. And then, yeah, by a little after the time the uh, the podcast dropped, he was fired. So, you know, it's, I mean, he would he would go down. He'll go down as one of the the, the shortest stints, of course, of of any of many coaches uh, that have come from college. I think Bobby Petrino was the other one that recalled did not finish his first season, um, but just uh, thirteen games was it for him in Jacksonville and. It was a almost from start to finish a disaster. I mean, when you go back and you you read the timeline of missteps and you know, I mean, first of all, everything was about Coach Meyer. Everything was about you know him um, from the very beginning. You know, from from hiring the strength coach from Iowa that had a a really poor background um, to Tim Tebow coming to camp to violating you know contact and OTAs and and such uh the biggest one of course I think being the whole incident with him not coming back with the team from Ohio and then of course the lap dance bar scene all of that and the story that Tom Pelissaro wrote uh you know with the NFL Network regarding his discussions with his assistant coaches telling them that they never won anything etc um you know, dismissive of players and and such. But Lambeau's story, I think, kind of put, you know, a lot of these stories were unnamed sources. A lot of them were, you know, reported, but you didn't really know who was speaking in these things. Lambeau put a face, a name, a time, a place, all of it right to Urban Meyer. And a dialogue that, if you're to believe, Josh, and I have no reason not to, gives you really an insight as to, frankly, what a bully he was, you know. And all I could, could keep thinking when I was talking to Josh was, like, Josh is a 31-year-old man that, you know, played five seasons in Jacksonville and has played about eight or nine seasons, a multimillionaire, fourth most accurate kicker in NFL history. He's a grown-ass man. He can handle this. All I could think about was how many 18, 19, 20, and 21-year-old kids that went to Florida – Utah, Bowling Green, Ohio State, did he act this way towards, you know, where where he was just nasty, you know, and, I mean, the idea that you would, you know, you would kick somebody and then, and then say, I'm the ball co- head ball coach, I can kick whoever the blank I want to. It's just, you know, it's intolerable, and... That sort of thing will never fly, shouldn't fly in coaching. It definitely would never fly in the NFL with guys who are professionals and some of them making more money than you. So I think Shad Khan got to the point where he had no other choice. You know, they had lost confidence in him. They lost confidence in him when he had the Ohio situation. He didn't regain it. He couldn't regain it. Um, And now he's done. So it was just that fast. It's I think uh, Rich Eisen called it the I'm missing the adjective, but the biggest face plant ever. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, you know, or spectacular. Yeah, sounds face, right. I think it was spectacular face plant. Spectacular face plant. That's a good way to put it because so much was expected. And look, the thing is, is that, and I don't fault Chad Khan for swinging. You know, he he, he swung for the fences, right? Like he he 
he's got an organization that hasn't won since he purchased it really. Um, just tried different approaches, different coaches, mm-hmm. Doug Marone and others. And he decided I, I'm going to get one of the greatest college coaches who ever lived, which is true. And, and see if I can't, you know, hire him, match him with a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick and away we go. But the interesting thing about that hire was there was not another NFL team considering seriously uh, Urban Meyer. There wasn't. For the very reasons that Urban Meyer got fired, they really didn't think that he would would be able to adapt to the NFL game because of the control, because of his personality, all those things. And people warned Shotcon that this prob- this may not work, that this what, what happened likely could be the end result. And yet he wanted to take the shot, paid him a ton of money. I think Urban doesn't come out of, you know, the Fox booth on college football uh, or the pregame show unless, A, there's just a ton of money, and, B, you know, the first overall pick was attractive to him. It was the state of Florida where he coached at, at the University of Florida. So there's a lot of check boxes there. Um, but it was it was just bad from the start, you know, and – I don't. I don't fault him for trying it, but uh, you know, a lot of people were were right in in predicting that something like this may occur. I don't think anybody thought it'd be this bad. You know, is a spectacular fall. I mean, it just. Well, I, I think you know. a lot of people predicted this team might be two and eleven at this point. Or yeah, you know, sure, he's going to lose games. It, it was going to yeah. be a, a rough season on the football field based on the amount of talent. And sure. There's a reason they had the number one overall draft pick, et cetera. It's everything mm-hmm. else around it that's the face plant. That, yeah. You know, it's not that he lost games. I mean, everyone knew he was going to lose more games at Jacksonville this year than he had pretty much in his career anywhere. Right. You know, I mean, he's already, what, he lost more than, you know, the total number of games he lost at Ohio State. And, and everyone knew that was coming. Right. But how how everything else around him fell apart. Yeah, and I mean he, you know, if you believe some of the unnamed sources in in Pelisario's report, I mean he lost his coaching staff. They were talking about things he was saying in meetings. Well, when you call them losers, um, certainly. Yeah, right. Like, what do you guys ever want? Well, you hired them. I mean, here's the other thing: you hired the staff that you're criticizing here. You know, like you could have hired anybody you wanted to. Um, these are the guys you chose. So, or the only that ones that would sense. come, or maybe the only ones that would come. Correct. And then, you know, he managed to make what at the time during the draft and his final years at Clemson, people regarded Trevor Lawrence and regard Trevor Lawrence as, as a generational talent. Like this guy never lost a football game <laughs> uh, all the way through high school and college that wasn't an, a, a playoff game or a championship. So... And you managed to make him irrelevant. I mean, we don't even talk about Trevor Lawrence, right? Um, you know, his last game, he managed to throw four interceptions. You certainly didn't help him on the field. He never got better. And and I think as much as anything, like, of course, when you lose the team, you have to make a change in the in the coaching situation. But more than anything, you have to protect that, that investment. You have to protect a guy that, you know, that, that may be a dude – uh, you know, that could become an elite quarterback in this in this league. You know, a guy like uh, Justin Herbert has become or Patrick Mahomes has become or, um, 
you know, I mean, those those are the the teams that win Super Bowls that have that piece, and you've got it. And if you did nothing, you were gonna you were to destroy the guy's confidence, probably get him hurt, and look what he's had to contend with. I mean, I'm here to tell you, really hard to be a quarterback in the NFL. Really hard to learn on the worst team in football, where you you know because you were drafted number one. That's where you went. Ask Jameis Winston, um, and then you you compound that with a guy that just won't let you breathe every day it's you got to answer questions about your head coach and you're not talking about football and you're not talking about getting better and he doesn't have a way for you to get better he doesn't have a plan doesn't have an offense certainly doesn't have the right players and the players they did have he wouldn't play at times so you know Lawrence was constantly asked about this and and you know I think finally there's going to be a relief in that organization among those players and, and for that matter, some coaches. Now, the sad thing about the coaching staff is that they're going to continue to go to work, but they're all fired. They know that. And so the reason why teams hate to fire coaches during the season, even with four games left, is that the game plans and the time they spend working on Sunday is not going to be as much as the time they spend trying to find their next job. You know, whether it's college or the NFL, they got families – um, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's musical chairs. They're almost to the hiring season in the NFL. You're there in college. A lot of those guys are going to be looking for their next gig. Um, so that's, that's unfortunate, but there will be such a, a relief. I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and just hammer the Texans, you know, um, just because, you know, somebody poured water over the wicked witch. I mean, it, it, it just feels that way. I've seen it. You know, I saw it with Ray Perkins and Richard Williamson, and you know, um, you can kind of go down the line. But uh, it's it was a stunning sort of. I didn't expect it. I, I knew it was an important story. You know, some of the Jaguars people when I was telling them the story said, "This is bad. This is going to hurt him. This is really bad." Um, and yeah, it was. But it's by his own hand, you know. And all that happened was somebody put a face, a name. Um, and language and, and brought it to life, you know, and, and that's sort of the reaction to that because they, you know, they, they lost the team, lost the fans and ultimately lost the owner. So there really wasn't much they could do, but yeah, it it will be, and I don't, you know, regarding his future, like, I don't know what, it, I, I can't fathom. I know no NFL team will hire him. I, I, I don't even know that if he wanted to coach, he could get a very good job in college football right now. I know Andrew Marchand of uh, one of the New York public yeah. uh, papers uh, said that uh, Fox is probably going to offer him big noon kickoff back again. They think so? Really? That's wow. What, that's what he is saying. He thinks that he'll be back on Fox this next fall. Well, you know what? Good for him. I mean, he'll have something to do. I don't know. I I think he's sort of toxic, but they're not. He's not coaching a team there. He's just giving his opinion on college football, which he certainly is qualified to do. But the Q rating won't be good. I, I don't think it's going to help his. You know, TV's all about likability. I mean, TV is about you know it's a visual medium, and it, it's about when you turn on that tube. You know, do you like the guy when you see him or not? And I don't think a lot of people like Urban Meyer right now. Um, so I you know. That would surprise me, but right now they got another coach on there. I'm trying to think of who it is. It's uh, Stoops, Bob right? Stoops, yeah. Bob Bob Stoops on there. So um, maybe they'll add 
at it or 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 replace Bob or you know Bob replaced him obviously. So who knows, man? So happy trails. Um, I'm headed to Miami to write about the Dolphins next. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, I, Miami! Yeah, these people. I I tell you, you freaking people on on Twitter, man. Give me a break here now. Jeez. You know, one one story, you know, certainly led to a few suspensions. And, you know, I was not the guy that pushed Urban, Urban Meyer over the ledge, but Josh Lambeau's story certainly had an impact. I'm not I'm not going around looking for people's jobs right now, but <laughs> well, you know, people, stories are stories. just do the know. right things, then you wouldn't have to write about it. Well, that's a good point. It's a really good point. So, yeah, it was quite a uh, – it's been quite a couple of weeks, man. I don't know what's going on in the NFL. What's next? But, well, let's uh, talk about we the Bucs and the Saints the Sunday night. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, Sunday night football. I guess it's going to be Al Michaels is going to do this game, or maybe it's – No, it's uh, Tarico. He mentioned Tar- that last Sunday is night. Is it Tarico? It'll be Tarico and Collinsworth. Okay, so Mike Tarico. Tarico. Uh, Tarico and Collinsworth, and uh, a matchup that in the regular season has not gone the Bucks' way. They've lost six straight – Regular season games to the Saints. That's a long time, man. You know, the last guy to beat the Saints was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic, baby. he stunned them. Fitzmagic. And he stunned them in the opener in New Orleans, 48-40. to They needed 48 points to beat those guys that day. And Drew Brees was a quarterback. Damn near lost that game. He had the ball with two minutes to go at midfield. Um, But, yeah, it's... uh, it's Sean Payton and anybody at quarterback. I swear to you, I feel like I could start a quarterback and Sean Payton's going to find a way to to either beat the Bucks or, or have you right there in position at the end of the game. And he's got, you know, it's going to be Taysom Hill. I mean, obviously, you know, they've, they've gone through some guys since Jameis Winston's injury. Taysom had been hurt. He's back now. Um, more importantly, and this has been the reason why the Bucks have lost all these games, the Saints' defense is is getting healthier again. They had some players that were out the last few weeks, but they've got players at every level of that defense, uh, really good ones, from Cam Jordan to Demario Davis to Marshawn Lattimore. Um, you know, you can go right down the line. I mean, Tom Brady, when we were talking to him on uh, Thursday, started calling him out like Santa's reindeer. I mean, he you know, he named nine players on defense. You know, and uh, and they're all good, and most of them have been pro bowlers. And, you know, the turnovers have been what have cost the Bucks in all these games. You know, they, they have turned the ball over, and some of that has been on, on the Bucks, and, and a lot of it, to be honest with you, to be frank, has just been great defense, you know, outstanding plays um, by their defense. And they're going to do it again to them. I mean, they're, they're going to give the Bucks everything they can handle. And then some. And I expect if the Bucks win, I expect it's going to be a close game. And if they lose, they, they maybe they get blown out again. I, mean, I just remember, you know, and, and you know, a year is a long time in in the life of Tom Brady in Tampa, and you know the sort of the evolution of the offense and all that. But they came into Raymond James last year, and they had the Bucks had four three and outs to start the game, and the Saints beat them. 34 to 3 and it felt like 54 to 3. I mean, they absolutely demolished these guys. The worst beating they had of the entire season in Raymond James. 
And that's when Jameis and those guys were, you know, partying in the locker room and eating W's or whatever they did. So I, I think it's appropriate that, you know, after all these losses in the regular, look, the, the Bucks would not trade a regular season win for what they did to them in the playoffs. They won the one that mattered, right? They won the divisional playoff game in New Orleans with Breeze. A lot of factors why that occurred, not the least of which is he couldn't throw the ball five feet because of the injuries to his, his shoulder. But, you know, they're motivated and and as just a carrot, they get to win the NFC South with a victory on Sunday night. And that's such a huge thing for a franchise that has not won a division since 07. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's used to winning a division every year in New England. And, and his record against the Saints is not good. So a lot of motivation, not that the GOAT needs it, um, but they're focused on just this game. And then after that, if they get past the Saints, I, I don't see them you know, not being a double-digit favorite against you know the Jets and Carolina twice to end up the regular season. But they got to keep their they got to keep winning because right now you have the second seed, you know, Arizona went from 1 to 3, Green Bay has the top seed for now. They played the Baltimore Ravens, you don't know sort of what Aaron Rodgers' toe is going to do the rest of the way. Uh if if the Packers can win out, they win the home field advantage and the number 1 seed and all of that, but you want to hold on to what you got. Hey, that's a good song title, by the way. Uh, and, you know, I think Bon Jovi said it best. But, you know, huge game. I mean, huge game against the division rival. I think it's going to be a great game. I, I, I think it's going to have energy. I think there's going to be, you know, ton, tons of motivation on both sides. These teams don't like each other. Uh, it's, I think, right now the best rivalry in the NFC South. And, um, man, I'm look, looking forward to it on Sunday Night Football. It's going to be good. Well, I remember last year I was at that game. On Sunday night, and the Bucks had the ball their first drive, and Tom Brady mm-hmm. missed. I think it was Gronkowski mm-hmm. on a, on a route out to out to the left that would have had a first down. They go mm-hmm. three and out. The Saints get the ball, go down, score a touchdown. You know, it was that quick. They were all sudden down because there was one missed yeah. pass early, and the Saints. Was it? You know, because then they jumped all over it, and mm-hmm. and you know, I I think the start is going to be important. The Bucks can't get down to the Saints early because of. Right history, everything else that goes with it, that, you know, they do struggle mm-hmm. against this team. And Sean Payton has played very well against Tom Brady throughout his career and the Bucks throughout his career. Right. And, you know, sometimes yeah. you just kind of have their numbers. And I, I think it's going to be important for the Bucks to start strong. Absolutely. They're going to need a strong start like they had uh, in some of the past games that they've played, you know, whether that was Atlanta when they came down and had, you know, 13 straight passes or mm-hmm. – or against Buffalo. Um, they did that last week against Buffalo. Buffalo. They started strong. Yeah. Yeah. They've scored a lot on first possessions, and they need that again. And this time, if they're able to get up the way they did against Buffalo 24-3, they got to finish it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, their defense can't sort of relax and let them back in the game. And, and um, you know, that it should never have gone to overtime a week ago. But, look, they've won five in a row. Um, they have a chance to run the table, absolutely, if they win this game against the Saints. And they're they're going to be – a real favorite, um, you know, to go back to the championship and maybe the Super Bowl. And they put themselves in this position. But so much can happen. So much can happen in four or five weeks. It, it's that That is an eternity in the NFL. And, you know, you're starting to see you're starting to see it settle a little bit in some divisions. I mean, you know, Kansas City 
pretty much wrapped up the AFC West with their mm-hmm. win on um, Thursday night against the Chargers. That was a great game. The Chiefs have won a ton of games in a row now. I'm going to tell you right now, this is the way, and I don't, I don't care what happens from here on out. It's going to be the Chiefs and the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, period. I don't see another team, not Buffalo, not Tennessee. I don't see anybody stopping those two teams from being in the championship. And in the NFC, there's, there's, to me, there's three of them. You know, um, I'm not totally discounting Arizona. I still think they're okay. They got a lot of tough games ahead of them. They may not win that division. Uh, I think, you know, maybe four teams in the NFC. I so you're, you're not counting Dallas. I was going to say, I guess I'll give Dallas a chance, but for them to go on the road and win, you know, two games, mm, that's going to be difficult. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be. I really think it's going to be the Bucks, the Green Bay Packers in the championship. If not them, the other two teams are the Dallas Cowboys and and not necessarily uh in this order in the Rams. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the Rams are going to beat the Cardinals. And for whatever reason, I'm not I'm not believing in the Card- one DeAndre Hopkins is hurt. Mm-hmm. Um two, they've got an awful they got the toughest schedule remaining uh, in the NFC of any team. And so if they're a wild card and they lose that division, that's that's a, certainly a game changer for them to try to run it, you know, on the road like that. Well, here's the and, other thing Kyle, too going on in the NFL now is you better win your games now because we're seeing mm, with the COVID outbreak. Oh my! I goodness. mean, Cleveland's going to be down to their third string quarterback Saturday. It's incredible, you know, that you don't know what your health situation may be like in the next game or the game after that. So true. So when you're healthy and and you don't have a, an issue at this time, like the Buccaneers don't, you better win your games. If you yeah, want to, if you want to compete right. for that top seed, I mean, we're sitting there saying that, you know, yes, if they win this game, they should win out over Carolina twice and the Jets. But what if a COVID outbreak happens to the Bucks? I mean, we're seeing it in all sports. The NBA is having outbreaks. Mm-hmm. NHL is having outbreaks, and and some games postponed or teams, you know, Carolina. And, and hockey played with 16 skaters on Thursday night. Wow. Normally you play with 18. Wow. You know, they'll be able to call up some for the next game, but they had to play with 16. Uh, mm. You know, you're seeing, you know, it's happening in all sports right now with, with, with COVID kind of the outbreak in the Omicron variant at this point. So you're not guaranteed what your team's going to look like next week. So you better win now. And whether wow. same for the Cardinals, the Packers, the Rams, Cowboys, everybody, mm-hmm. the same thing. I mean, if if you're healthy, take advantage of it because there's no guarantee next week you will be. Yeah, it's Russian roulette right now, and I, you know we've been fortunate uh, for the time being. You know, a lot of these outbreaks are occurring up north, where people are kind of clustered inside um, because of the weather or whatnot. The Bucks are able to spread out and be outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but this variant's very contagious, and and those folks from up north, as they do every winter, every t- every Christmas, right, every holiday, are going to be headed to Florida, and they're going to bring the co- they're going to bring COVID with them, and this this strain with them, and so um, it's it's inevitable that it's going to affect the Bucks at some point. Um, but they they were, you know, very focused and and sacrificed a year ago when there was no vaccines, and. Bruce Arians, others are convinced that's why 
one of the big reasons, major reasons they were able to win. Um, cause if you can't beat the virus, you know, as we're seeing in Cleveland, it's going to be hard to play and hard to win. And, you know, the union has asked the FLPA wants to move that game. That's, uh, on Saturday. Uh, some, some of you suggested that maybe they postpone the league for a week. Um, I don't think that's possible. And I know the league doesn't want to move games. They've said as much this year, but they have changed protocols now, um, in the NFL with players and teams. They're back to the old school, uh, where everyone has to wear a mask, everyone, whether you're vaccinated or not inside the building. Um, there will be no, uh, leaving the hotels on the road, eat your meals in the hotel rooms. You can't go to gatherings with, uh, you know, more than 10 people, that sort of thing. And, um, so, you know, the union really wants to crack down on testing and different things. Uh, I think, I think the NFL and they haven't done this yet, but I think the NFL would like to do less testing for players who have the booster or, or, or whatnot. Uh, and if you're asymptomatic, you know, uh, not make you complete two tests, um, negative tests within 24 hours and, and, you know, shorten the time that you can get back. But union hadn't agreed to that. Their, their interest is to keep players safe and they're going to do what they can to do that. And if that means postponing games or delaying the season or whatever, um, they seem willing to do it. So it's still all up in the air. It's all being worked out. It's just kind of, you know, I, I hate this because the uncertainty is the worst part is like, you don't know day to day, but these cases have gone up so, so huge. Um, not, and not just them. It's, you know, obviously it's, it's it's starting to be more and more teams, you know, across the league, especially those up north. So, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We'll see where it goes. Um, some other bad news. I think it was expected, but it's sobering to read anyway, is that um, you know Vincent Jackson had donated his brain um, for CTE research. And, in fact, it came back that uh, the findings were announced on Thursday that he had stage 2 uh, CTE, um, which can affect so much of your behavior. Uh, and I don't think we're, any of us are surprised by that diagnosis. Stage four is the worst, I guess, of the, uh, of the four stages, obviously, but it, it's still, you know, it was last February and, and, and man, I remember it, you know, so vividly, um, doing that, the shocking news that Vincent was found, you know, dead in a Homewood suites in Brandon, and everybody's like, my goodness, how does a how does a pillar of this community that is beloved by as many people as Vincent Jackson find himself alone, you know, in, in a in a Brandon hotel room, um, and his family frantically trying to find him with a missing persons report. They locate him on a Friday. Uh, sheriff's office goes out there and visits him, does a wellness visit. Um, meanwhile, the, the family is is you know trying to 
order him into custody, that sort of thing. It takes him a while to get that order. And over the weekend, by Monday, a maid finds him in the room, uh, and he's dead. Uh, and it, it's not set well with anybody, least of all the family. Um, you know, his wife spoke in a in a statement that was released, you know, on Thursday, and just said this would be the last time they'll talk about it. But you know, was was really pushing for more CTE research and 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 more discussion about that disease. And you know, it, unfortunately, right now there's no test for it until you know until it's uh, until you're dead, uh, and they'd like to develop that if they can. Uh, and hopefully treatments too, but uh, just just a horrible story, man. That you know, his family, his children, uh, you know, for a guy that was so special on and off the field, um, to have to suffer the way he did and go through what happened. It, it was out of character for him the way he was acting, but a lot of the characteristics of stage two CTE um, can be substance abuse, um, can be suicidal tendencies can be a lot of those things that you would maybe associate with with Vincent in the last days of his life. And um, it's sad. You know, it's sad for everybody. What wasn't sad was your Tampa Bay Lightning. This You said this to me when the podcast began before we started, and I didn't know it, but it's incredible considering their injuries. The Tampa Bay Lightning have the best record in hockey right now. They do. They are uh, tied with Toronto for the most points at 42, and they have a game in hand on Toronto. So it's just crazy. technically that gives them the number one spot in hockey. Unbelievable. With their injuries, um, what they've had to overcome, and Steven Stamkos, a historic night, he gets his 900th point. Mm-hmm. It's a nice ovation from the crowd. They had a great video there. Um, you know, he keeps racking up the milestones from point, you know, he's a, what, 53, 54 points behind Marty now for the all-time franchise record in that. He's already got the goals record. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, and he's, well, he's got 34 points this year, I think already, which is, you know, I mean, Ovechkin's leading the NHL with 46, so he's only 12 points behind Ovechkin as far as, I mean, he's among the league leaders in points this year. Skating, well, he had a couple big hits late in the game, too. He hit some people. Yeah, he did. He laid some lumber, man. Yeah, he uh, hit, uh, I think it was Shabbat, and then he hit uh, Zub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he must have been feeling good because he was laying the lumber late. Yeah. Well, you said, you know, just watching him skate, you can tell he's healthy. Mm-hmm. It's the first time in years we've seen him like this. Yeah. Where, you know, he's skating well. He's seeing the ice well. He's playing all aspects of the game. Um, you know, it, it's it's great to see the amount of injuries and some of the freak injuries he's had over the last few years. Uh, it's yeah. it's so great to see, and they've needed it this year with Point out. Hopefully, coming back maybe in two weeks after Christmas. Kucherov, hopefully not too far behind him. Eric Chernak sometime after Christmas. But with all these guys they've had out, they've needed Stamkos to step up and do what he's doing. And that's what you want out of your captain, and you love to see it. And they are now the number one team in hockey. And the rest of the NHL must be going really, <laughs> really these guys again. Like they, you know, and then they're going to get better. They're going to get healthier. They're going to end up with all stars showing up. Guys like Kucherov and Point. It's it's incredible. It's incredible what 
that organization organization has done and just keeps you know keeps ticking along what was it stamp coast called them the the tampa bay get her um, find a way something like tampa that. bay find a ways yeah. yeah we're the find a ways we just find a way to win mm-hmm. find a way to score points and they do they, you know? they as john cooper would say they're munching points and there's a uh, and we've talked about this on this podcast there's a theory in hockey of 96 points get you to the playoffs Hmm. And it, it very rarely does 96 not get you there. The Lightning, as it stands right now, if they just play 500 hockey the rest of the way, we'll have 95 points. That's crazy, man. Wow. I mean, that's all they – at this point, if they play 500 hockey the rest of the way, they should make the playoffs, Yeah, you know, based on historical stuff. Now, I mean, every year is different and it's possible, but – I mean that's that's how good of a position they've set themselves up in. And remember when everyone was panicked when they were two, three, and one to start the season. Yeah, I got my hand up. I don't know what the hell was going on. I went to the opener; they were awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they raised the banner, and then that was it. We all could have gone yeah. home at that point. Yeah, there's only but, one team in hockey with a better points percentage, and that's Carolina. Okay, but they have one less point, but one less game. So, but yeah, I mean the Lightning are you know right where you need them to be. And you know, at the end of the day, the Lightning don't care if they win the division or have the best record in hockey. That's not their goal. No. They proved that last year. It's just you know, get in and get ready to, for the playoffs. Yeah, I think ever since they won the Presidents' Cup, that's it's probably well. been their attack. <laughs> you, know? you know, like yeah, none of this really matters. Let's just get to the playoffs and and win there. And and you know, they've done a great job with that. And they're, they're perfectly they're perfectly willing to steal home ice from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they get to the postseason. So it's really not that big. And listen, and you said this too when we were talking before we started, as long as Andre Vasilevsky is in that, you've got a chance. Mm-hmm. You just do. I mean, he's that. he made some unbelievable saves again. He does it every single night. I don't know that we're ever going to fully appreciate how good he is until he's gone, which hopefully won't be anytime soon. But, man, is he is he stellar. You know, and this the biggest reason why they win is that, you know, Shots that should go through and would go through uh, for most teams, he manages to stop and con- consistently stops them and gives his team chances. And so, um, hats off! If they, you know, game changer. I mean, it's one thing to lose Cooch, and and it, you know, to lose Point and Cooch is is just a huge blow. As long as that guy's between the pipes, you know, you're mm-hmm. you're okay. You're better than okay. So, that's 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 been the key. Well, we're going to have, uh, of course, our Bucks and versus Saints coverage. It'll be very early when we uh, do that show. On uh, I guess it would be Tuesday morning, right, or Monday morning? Monday morning, Monday morning, yes, or Sunday, Sunday night, night whatever one you want to call it. God help us. Um, so yeah, we'll have all of that and and anything else. Any other fallout there might be from the uh, from I'll, the Urban. Meyer I'll be situation. watching a bowl game today at noon. This is the first bowl game. Yeah, it starts today at noon. Middle Who Tennessee State and Toledo. Toledo. Holy Toledo. Yes. That's right. Yeah, it's at noon, and then there's uh, the Cure Bowl is at uh, uh, 6 p.m. tonight. Coastal is Carolina Bob, uh, and somebody. Bob Wiener, I think, the former plant high coach, is, uh, is he's a at coach Toledo, at Toledo, correct? Yeah, he's an assistant at Toledo. Yeah. Yep. So you can watch yeah. that. So you got two bowl games today, and then you got a bunch on Saturday. Yeah. And you got two NFL it's, games Saturday, too. But, well, Right now we do. Well, <laughs> Let's see if the. I mean, I 
I don't know who the hell the Browns are going to put out. They got 20, play- 20, 20 players on the COVID list, and, and it's still only Friday. So who the hell knows? But I, I know this. I don't want them to cancel any games because, I mean, 17 is so long that, you know, you, you, you know all, you, all you would do is just wipe out a whole week. But um, to think you could make up a week at this point would be really hard with the Super Bowl as late as it is with 17 games. Um. Hopefully this thing doesn't become a problem, but it is a—I mean, it is a big problem, and it's gonna more teams are gonna have infections, and that's that's the thing. Like, you know, Tom Brady is not quarterbacking if Leonard Fournette is not playing running back, if Levante David or Devin White aren't playing linebacker. I mean, your whole perspective changes on your chances of winning, and there's nothing you can do about it. And so, those guys are gonna have to continue to keep themselves safe, and you know stay home and, and, and make those sacrifices that they made a year ago. And they're going to be under all the, the old restrictions, which makes it hard um, for you to, to just go to work and, you know, have to wear a mask and all that stuff all the day, but that's what they're going to have to do. So we'll see if they're able to navigate that. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, appreciate all the uh, kind words that uh, some of you put on Twitter and uh, even the unkind words. <laughs> I'm still getting those uh, from, from folks as well, but uh it's been an interesting couple of weeks on the beat, as they say, with uh, with all that's going on. We'll talk about Antonio Brown on uh, probably Sunday night. He'll be able to be come back into the building after the game early Monday morning sometime if he chose to, but uh, uh, expect him back, I guess, even though Bruce Arian says it's sort of could go either way. I think it's going to go Brown's way. I've vacillated back and forth with that, but I do think he's going to come back in the building and he certainly will help them if uh, you know if he's in shape and able to play. So we'll follow that up as well uh, early next week. Thanks for listening. We're here every Monday through Friday. For Steve Ersnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.